Every morning here at One Dharma Center, I am in awe and wonder by listening the migrating bird singing together. And when I was watching them, I just so amazed how they travel in group and how they cooperate each other. And I learned by just watching this geese migration and bird migration, togetherness is so important. Cooperation is critical and key to make a successful trip to their, I guess, a winter home they are traveling now. So I was so wondered though, whenever I hear in the morning, just opening my eyes and begin to listen, all this bird singing, One day I was wondering how they travel like that, so long distance. And one day, just in front of our uh, dining hall here, in our driveway, they were landing. They, they choose our driveway to make a stopover. <laughs> they were landing here. It was awesome. And the one bird, I, I guess it's a signaling bird, came first and gave a signal, just uh, descending very, very uh, rapidly. And then the whole bird coming down and descending same place. And this uh, giving signal bird didn't really land. He just gave the signal, flew back, and then circling around and watch all of them safely landing. And then the last, In the back, a few more birds watching over them. And they, they make sure everybody travels together and make sure everybody's safe. So when they were landed, they are playing, they are eating, they are resting on the ground, but still a few in the sky watching over them. So by watching this uh, migrating bird in, in this uh, holy place, I was just uh, so happy and inspired and learning that just by watching how they move, it reminded me of a fundamental teachings of one Buddhism, we call it impermanence. They must be enjoying their summer house here, but they are now meeting challenges of uh, winter weather and cold weather, weather and food and the water become problematic, so they are adjusting the environment and they are making travel to different world. So today I will focus on my topic on this, this impermanence. If they travel like that, some, some bird migration takes about thousands of miles in the sky, they, they must stop by somewhere, like our, our driveway here. They have to drink water, they have to feed themselves, they have to rest, and then continue to their destined um, home. So when I watch them, it is very similar to our spiritual community, very similar to our practice here. Uh, we have to have this kind of a strength, like the migrant bird, they need the physical strength as well as a mental strength to, to travel together in that distance.
If you look at our chanting book on page, sorry, page two, my focus of this morning talk will be second paragraph. Iran manifests both as permanence and impermanence. I will talk about the permanence part some other time, but focus on impermanence today, especially the last sentence. Through the way we use our minds and bodies in the four forms of birth, we transform through the six realms of existence, progressing or regressing with the grace arising from harm or harm from grace. When I received this new appointment uh, as a Supreme Council, as a executive director of this One Dharma Center, and chairperson of the One Buddhism of North America and South America, my top priority will be this teaching, because there are miscommunication and misunderstanding of One Buddhist core teaching in the West. So I will try my best to make it easy to read and easy to understand and accessible to all English-speaking population. And if we understand properly the One Buddhist teaching, the founder of One Buddhism, Sotesan, created this spiritual cultivation, spiritual revolution, leading to spiritual civilization, by laying out his such a critical timely important teachings in our uh, this, uh, three um, chantings. So I will focus on next weeks and month on this Iran uh, Sang Bao first and the Heart Sutra and then Essential Dharma's daily practice because it prepares us to be a living and spiritual being by practicing these kind of uh, teachings. This is really helping us to prepare the future direction of humanity. So my theme of this new, new uh, appointment I choose as leading spiritual revolution, which is coming again. One day I will just dedicate on this spiritual revolution itself. But today, leading spiritual revolution to change humanity, to awaken humanity, to transform humanity, one breath at a time, one day at a time, one thing at a time. If you weren't here last Sunday, Saturday, you can watch my first Dharma talk about the purpose of life and purpose of one Dharma center. So I laid out about the five purpose, five goals, which I will focus in the coming uh, years. So today, the, the impermanence part. What is impermanence? When you hear impermanence, what do you think of? What is your understanding of uh, impermanence? What does impermanence mean to you? Changing. Mm -hmm. So changing. Ch sometimes changing is very, very powerful, good, but sometimes changing is uncomfortable, right? So impermanence in Korean words, it's a musang. Musang means impermanence. It's one of the essential teachings in Buddhism. Not only one Buddhism, throughout the whole school of the Buddhism, we study this essential teaching of impermanence. 
In Korean, we, we said a life of inseng wusang, which means life is impermanence. So impermanence is undeniable and inescapable fact of human existence, which means nothing is fixed. Nothing is permanent. In other words, everything is subject to change and alteration, like a bird migrating now during winter time to prepare their, their winter life. And as a spiritual practitioner, when we see this nature, when you see the trees, it is a time to let go of all external material things. As the leaves, all the trees, they drop the leaves. If they don't drop the leaf, they're going to die during the winter. So they have to drop the leaf in order to bring all the energy to the root of the tree. So winter time, for, for human beings, also a time to go deep to our spiritual life, meditate, practice, by just uh, receiving this universal changing reality of impermanence. Our existence, our human existence, as well as everything on earth, is in a state of continuously becoming. So without permanence, life is impossible. Without impermanence, how can babies can grow? Without impermanence, how people who ill get healed or get better? We can transform our suffering. We can transform our challenges and difficulties because of this impermanence. So without impermanence, nothing is possible. So aware of impermanence, we become positive. We become more loving person. We become caring personality. We become wiser because of just aware of this impermanence itself. give you freedom, liberate yourself, have a wisdom just by watching trees dropping and by watching birds singing and birds migrating. So impermanence is very good news in Buddhism. It's almost opposite of what you think, impermanence. Impermanence really opened all possibility, opened doors for change. So impermanence is a an instrument to our own liberation, our spiritual liberation. Have a freedom and total freedom and liberation. So impermanence means that everything is in a constant state of change and transient and constantly becoming. But the change is not random, is not accidental. This is very important to understand. Everything is constantly changing, but it's not random. There must have some principle of a changing reality of everything on earth. Sote-san clarified this principle of impermanence in the Irwan Sangbao. We just read it in the second paragraph of Irwan Sangbao. That through the way we use our minds and bodies, we transform ourselves. How can we transform? Through the way we use our minds and body. 
So our thought, our way of communication, right speech or wrong speech, whatever what we do in human communication and the action. Through the way we use our minds and bodies in our thinking, in our communication, in our action, we either make a progress or regress. Progressing people are always have a positive energy, positive way of communicating. They practice the right speech. They practice the right view, right understanding, right action. They practice that. Progressive people always have that kind of a loving kindness and caring, and progressive people have a wisdom. So either you make a progress by using your mind and body through the way you use your mind and body. Or you can make a regress if we use wrong way to communicate. So opposite will write right speech. Talk about the problems, talk about the others' faults, talk about the behind the scene. If you create negativity in your life and negativity in others' life and life around you, this is making a, a regressing. And some people not only choose to serve good community by donating their time, precious time and talent. Or some people are, are the opposite. They choose to destroy good community. So it depends on how you use your mind and body. You either make a progress or a regress. And grace arising from harm or harm from grace. So constant changing, constant becoming takes place through this principle. The teachings of impermanence takes place in accordance with this content of our thought, content of our speech, content of our action. So change takes place through this uh, way we use our minds and bodies. How grace arises from harm. If you are in a difficult situation, harmful situation, very challenging situation, if you learn the lesson from your own challenge, own difficulties, if you learn the lesson about you, how you relate with the problems around you, if you learn the lesson and strengthening your practice and strengthening your cultivation and have a wisdom to see things as they are, then you will be much stronger and much more or a spiritual person. Then you create grace out of a harmful situation. And harm from grace means that even you are in a perfect condition with a wealthy um, materially and you know a lot of uh, plenty opportunity to do good things so you were you have this kind of a, such a wonderful and graceful environment but if you're spoiled if you become lazy and do not learn 
do not make a real progress, do not make a mindful choice for using your good wealth or all those opportunities to advance humanity or helping others because interdependency, because everything in the universe are interdependent and interconnected, which was the last point of uh, my uh, Dharma talk last Saturday. So learning from our condition, learning from our situation, our challenges and difficulties, as well as this kind of opportunity. What a lucky people you are, having that kind of interest in one Dharma center, arising that motivation and inspiration to come to Saturday morning here and meditate together and learn the teaching ancient teachings of wisdom. Instead of watching TV at home or sleep late, <laughs> well, many other things you can do, but you made a mindful choice this morning. Get up and came and meditate and practice. So this is something that if we understand how things are changing in the world, how the impermanence taking place in our lives, then we can make a real progress. If you see your body ailing and have an illness in your body, it's time to pay attention to, listen to your body. And if you pay attention to your body, your body has such wisdom, when to stop and how to do and what to do to to get healed. So if we understand this um, impermanent nature of human beings and uh, all reality, the real question is there now, how can you practice? How can you practice impermanence in your life? Can you think of anything you do to practice impermanence? I will share mine with you this morning and hope you find your own ways to practice impermanence. So the first practice of impermanence in my life is that consciously, mindfully to live here now in the moment. Consciously be mindful, be aware of my time here and now in the moment in order to make a progress, in order to allow grace arising out of harm. So this is my practice every single day. Because nothing remains the same for two consecutive seconds, two consecutive moments. Nothing, nothing remains two consecutive days if you really pay attention to reality of this impermanence. We can never bathe twice in the same river as I described the last Saturday again. When I was a public school teacher in Hapchan in Korea, uh, in this village we didn't have a shower facility at all. So during the summertime, lots of sweat, 
and whole village and all our teachers, uh, we have to go to a river to bathe. So there is a woman's river and there is a man's river. <laughs> so whole, whole uh, different rivers. So all the you know, female teachers went to the women's river and the, the moment I went in there, it was so powerful. Still I remember vividly that the under, the, my feet, I was uh, sensing and felt the constant flow of water on my feet. So at that moment, the, the recognition of the river, the nature of the river, we thought it's a continuation of things, continuation of water, it looks like the same water, same river yesterday, same river today. But in reality, if you really enter the river and watching river carefully, the water always, always moving. So there is another single consecutive moment of water, I say. So you never bathe same water again. So if we understand this kind of experience to make it kind of a tool to break our habit, because water, like water constantly changing, our day is a new day every day. No matter how difficult it is, no matter what kind of a reality you have, at that time I had a, such a difficulty with the gender inequality in Korea. So my sole purpose to become public school teacher was that I wanted to practice and teach gender equality for both boys and girls. So I was there and I was constantly facing uh, parents who do not support me. So during the harvest time or planting time, girl students in my class didn't come because they are helping their parents. So that reality again, even though I, I faced this difficulty of gender inequality, not only um, these girls, but whole population in Korea facing it, feeling of this water underneath on my feet, it's possible to change it. It's possible to understand this uh, permanence, impermanent nature of things. And according to teachings of Buddha, our life is comparable to river. It is a progressive moment, a successive series of different moments joining together to give impression of one continuous flow. To think about your own life. Whether there's a moment-to-moment -moment continuation allow you to become who you are. And it moves from cause to cause. This cause, who I am now, who you are now, is a result of your total past. The the, the, because of certain cause, we are here as an as a effect. But what we do here and now in the moment becomes the cause of a future effect. So we are constantly changing this cause to effect and one point to another and it moves from, from one state of existence to another state and giving an outward impression of that kind of continuation. So this is a misgiving. So the river of yesterday, the life of your yesterday is not the life of today. 
the river of yesterday is not the river of today. So do you have that sense of awareness or awakening and receive a new day as a, as a, a new day each day and begin your new life here at this moment? The river of this moment is not going to be the same river tomorrow. The life of your tomorrow will be different from today. Depends on how much you practice. When you experience in your meditation some awakening taking place and totally different future you can experience. So it is like a river that the changing taking place continuously and we become every single day a new person with a new mind and new body. So we begin new life. Then we can let go of all the fears, struggles, difficulties, pain and suffering. We can let go. So impermanence and change is a part of our life and accept it. Nothing is real but just this moment because you are only allowed to live here and now in the moment. Yesterday is gone, tomorrow is not yet come. The only thing, only life you can live is here and now in the moment. That is the way to practice impermanence in this Iransan vow. Second practice of impermanence is keeping record of impermanence in my life. I, I re record all my experience of uh, people, especially made the such uh, contribution to me and helped me to become who I am, going through that process of dying. So I, I learned a great deal by watching my mothers the end of her life. And she gave a, such a lesson to me that don't wait. I always ask my mother, wait for next visit. I never had enough time to give her to ask an occasion she had about toward her ending part of her life. So I felt great lesson learned from her that don't wait, do it now and live here and now. And by watching my father, he passed it uh, a year ago, actually yesterday, yesterday. And by watching my father's final days, the lesson was that he was really letting go one by one and one by one until nothing to let go. And by watching my teacher, I had such a good teacher from NYU for my uh, PhD um, course, Maria Harris. By watching her death, she had such a difficulty. She had suffered with a great deal of Alzheimer's. So beautiful woman, so powerful woman. And toward the end, it was so painful to watch her and let her go. So power, beauty, doesn't mean anything toward the end of our lives. So I kept journal of impermanence with my teachers, my parents, 
my members happen to be part of my life. Uh, I spend many days with uh, our members who are ending their life in the hospice hostel or hostel, meditating with them. If they learn how to meditate, the, that crucial process of ending their life is so peaceful. They were meditating. But if they didn't, it's so difficult to accept that ailing process of death and dying. So I, I learned a great deal by keeping this journal. Once in a while, I look at this journal and read it to remind me of this impermanent nature of my life. One day, I will be gone like them. And that day, I want to meditate. I want to have that mindful breathing in and breathing out to the last moment. And I want to be peaceful and accepting and it's okay to die at that moment. So I want to prepare that by keeping this record of impermanence. It really reminds me that how to use our mind and body here and now at this moment, not wait until I got in the deathbed, but here and now. By recognition of this impermanent nature, we are elevating our spirituality. We are deepening our Buddha nature, cultivating this Buddha nature, and having this uh, deep, deep uh, wisdom that we can transform our karma. We can change our mind, and we can change ourselves and this understanding helps us to let go of a petty self, petty ego in any problems, any, in any struggles. It awakes me to live well each day. Make it each day as if last day. So it's really important to practice this uh, impermanence in this way. So we grow every day with a wonder and joy, just like geese migrating to the south. My third practice of impermanence is a visiting cemetery. I came here when I was 26 without language. And the first time, first few years in Flashing Temple, which I served, it's so difficult. A lot of challenges and difficulties, language barriers. It was so hard to, to overcome each day. So within first year, right after meditation, which is seven o'clock, we finished meditation, I went to the nearby cemetery. So think about it. <laughs> Young woman early in the morning in the cemetery. Because I was so desperate to learn something from those people who don't breathe anymore, but talked a lot to us. When I walked through the cemetery, the tombstone says only two things, their full name and date of birth and date of death. The birthday and death, day, that's it. All our life reduced to these two lines. What does this mean? The struggle I was uh, experiencing is nothing. Just, uh, just by watching it, 
It was purifying my karma, purifying my mind, and allowed to let go of all this uh, struggle and difficulty and hurdles and obstacles I experienced at that time. So visiting cemetery, to me, was a very purifying uh, experience and immediately letting go of all my struggle. So I realized at, at the cemetery that I was not alone in this struggle. All of them struggled while they are living. And it, it, it depends on how they live, that the, the tombstone size is different. So seeing the impermanence everywhere in, in the cemetery really created such a peace of mind and inner peace and freedom of life that I was allowed, able to let go of all the struggle. And whenever we have a difficulty, remember that it will pass. It will pass. Because nothing is impermanent, Awakening is possible. Because if nothing is impermanent, liberation is possible, enlightenment is possible, transformation is possible, and you are becoming a person you like as possible. So let us make this kind of a deep understanding and practice in your daily life. Some, some signals constantly remind you of this uh, impermanent nature of life. And this is my second week here at Andharma Center. And help me to do a better job here. I want to really help you, all of you to be awakened, to be enlightened, to, to be a kind of a spiritual person. So you can enjoy yourself and you can help others around you and uh, Together, we can help humanity to transform. So let us make a fun and spiritual community together and help me to make a better communication with you, effective uh, way of uh, organizing ourselves, and uh, make it a really meaningful place to come together and uplifting our life and have this kind of inner inspiration, motivation, and this inner search of the meaning of your life on earth. And that is the best way to help the world. So let us work together and help me uh, to help the humanity. Uh, I choose a phrase that uh, changing spiritual revolution and changing humanity one breath at a time. Just be mindful of one breath at a time. And be mindful of one thing at a time and one day at a time.